Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, everyone. Today's show features a positive hospital birth story from first-time mum, Lara. Having initially felt hesitant towards hypnobirthing, it didn't take long for the knowledge she and her husband gained from that course to spark their excitement and trust for birth. Empowered with knowledge and confidence in her body and baby, Lara went on to have the physiological birth she desired, avoiding an impending induction. She takes us through the surprise moment she found out she was pregnant and how Beyonce's Coachella performance helped her get in the zone for labor. Enjoy this episode. Hi, Lara. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me on. Do you want to just quickly tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes, so I live in beautiful Coolangatta on the Gold Coast and I live there with my fiancé Simon and our eight-month-old baby boy Lucas and our big goofy golden retriever Sunny. (laughs) Beautiful. And was Lucas a planned conception? No, he was not planned. Um, He was very much a surprise bubble for us. Uh, We had just moved to the Gold Coast about seven months earlier from Canberra and we had gone into lockdown just after we moved and been managing sort of working new jobs and settling into a new community and everything and we always knew that um babies were in our future and we'd always talked about starting a family we'd been together for nine years so we definitely knew it was in the near future but um we were sort of envisioning we'd have our wedding first and everything like that um and then yeah we found out we were expecting and it was just Oh, it was just the best mm. surprise in the world. And I feel like as, you know, as much as a surprise that it was, I feel like the second that I found out that I was pregnant, I became a mother. Like I just, every decision from that point was about our baby. And yeah, it was really the best thing to ever happen mm. to us. Was it just a skipped period that kind of gave you an indication you were pregnant? Um, yeah, I think I was totally naive. Um <laughs> I had been at my friend's hens and at weddings for the month prior. Isn't that Um, always the way? (laughs) (laughs) 
I got very unwell after the hens. Um, I don't know if that was related to it or not. Um, but no, I had been tracking and managing my fertility with my cycles. Um, I just, yeah, I had been on the pill for many years and I just didn't want to take the pill any longer um, just to help regulate my cycle a little bit more because I went through quite a time of having um, no periods. Um, so I was just managing it through my cycle and tracking it with um, a mobile application. And, yeah, I remember in September, um, you know, my period was due that week and every morning I kept waking up going, oh, it's, it's coming today. Like I'm really crampy. I was getting all the symptoms that it was, you know, it was going to make its appearance that day. And every day it just didn't come. I didn't really think much of it I was just like oh this is so annoying like my cycles have gone out of whack again um and so it had been due on that Monday and by that Friday morning I remember I was getting a coffee at work and um, my app did a little reminder to me saying oh it's like it's been five days since you've watched a period like you remember to log it now and I was like oh five days like that's a that's really unusual like that's a long time yeah. but it still never occurred to me oh maybe <laughs> I just still never thought about it at that moment um and I went back into the office and I was working away and and I had to go to the bathroom and it was the second time I had to pee within like 30 minutes and I remember just thinking gosh this is so weird why am I having to pee so much and <laughs> and then at that point I was like wait a minute <laughs> and I feel like as a woman, like growing up, there's so many times where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant, like I've got to test or, and you know, a lot of the time, well, every time for me, it had always been negative. And yeah, this time I was like, no, no, I think I'm just overthinking it. Like, it'll be fine. And yeah, as the day progressed, I just, in my head, I was like, no, I actually think I am. And we had after work drinks that day. And I remember declining going like, no, I need to go and do a test. And it was all I was thinking about. And on the drive home, I just remember being like, yeah, I, I said out loud to myself, I'm pregnant. Like, I know I'm pregnant. And um, I had always planned, well, we had always sort of talked about when we do decide to conceive that, you know, I do the really cute little surprise, you're going to be a dad to um, Simon. And so I was like, oh, if I am, like, I need to make this a surprise for him. I can't tell him what I'm doing. So I didn't talk about it at all. But I was still very like, oh, I don't know if this is actually, you know, if I am or not. And I went past Woolworths and I got a test and I went home and um, and I did the test. I didn't read the instructions. I was a bit frazzled. Simon had come home from work early, so he was already there. But I was like, oh, I can't mistake. How hard is this? <laughs> And um, I did the test and I looked at it straight away and I just saw one line and I was like, oh, like, and I kind of felt like a deep breath, like, oh, you're not. But also I felt this really like, oh, I was really quite sad. I was like, oh, I really built up in my head that I was. And I think at that, you know, that day when I realized that I could be, it reminded me or showed me just how much I really wanted to be as well. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I put it on the side and I washed my hands going, all right, let's get on with the rest of things today. And and I was cleaning my hands and um, just drying them with the towel and I glanced back down at it and I saw the two lines and I just, oh, my God. So beautiful. <laughs> I nearly fell off my chair. <laughs> I just, it was, I was shaking 
And I, yeah, like I just got really heavy breathing. I could not believe it. And, but I was still like, oh my gosh, I can't tell Simon, like I have to make this a surprise. And I went out um, outside of the bathroom and we were about to take Sunny for a walk. And I just, like, I couldn't get my keys. I was just in total shock. I looked like a car crash victim. Like I was in shock. (laughs) And anyway, Simon went out to the car and I just remember screaming, being like, Simon and he's like what's wrong I'm like Simon come here right now (laughs) (laughs) and I just said I'm pregnant he's like what are you talking about (laughs) he thought like I'd lost my job or something I don't know he was like what's going on yeah (laughs) and yeah we were both just in shock and yeah it's so funny like at the time I was like oh I wasn't supposed to tell you this was gonna be a surprise (laughs) for both of us but I'm so happy that we were able to go through like all those emotions together that night we just stayed up all night just talking and yeah doing a million more pregnancy tests just to actually make sure and yeah <laughs> and then yeah we woke up at like oh yeah 4 a.m the next day and we just went and watched the sunrise over the beach just talking like wow I can't believe this this is happening and this yeah. is gonna happen <laughs> so special it was amazing so how was your pregnancy and is there anything you did throughout that time to get educated about birth yeah pregnancy was pretty good um I feel like I had a pretty standard pregnancy in the first trimester I got quite a bit of morning sickness around the 10 to 12 week mark that lasted all day um So that was quite uncomfortable. And I guess at the time, you don't know how long it's going to last. So I kind of just tried to persevere through each day. But yeah, that was quite an awful time, but thankfully didn't last too long. Um, I did have placenta previa for a little while. I know that most people have it at the beginning of their pregnancy. Mine lasted quite late into my second trimester. So I had to continuously get some scans done. Um, And because of that, I had a little bit of bleeding. and a little scare at 17 weeks, but where um, they weren't able to find the heartbeat and with the Doppler, and they sent me for an emergency scan, and that was really scary. Um, but thankfully, the scan was all fine, and he was just hiding up at the back, but it's just because of how the placenta was sitting, they weren't able to find his heart um, heartbeat. Okay. But, yeah, when I spoke with my midwife about that, she was really shocked that they were concerned so early on at that point. So looking back now, I'm like, oh, in future pregnancies, I'm not going to stress. If they can't find a heartbeat around, you know, before the 20 weeks at just a general GP checkup, I'm not going to get so worked up. Whereas at that time, it was just so scary. And, yeah, I remember my anxiety was through the roof. Um, But, yeah, preparing for birth, um, Work was really busy during the final or during most of my pregnancy. Um, I didn't really start thinking about birth and, you know, postpartum until really late in my pregnancy. Um, at around 33 weeks, I enrolled in a hypnobirthing course with um, Megan Amor. Oh, so she runs her. hypnobirthing courses. Yeah, she's great. Um, so we did that once a week for five weeks and that was really amazing I really wanted to do something um, I knew nothing about birth to be honest I had a a handful of friends that had gone through labor and birth but I'd never really I think I was just really naive and just thought oh there's the baby and (laughs) how's the baby going I never really thought much about the birth itself and and the mother 
Um, so yeah, hypnobirthing really helped me. After our first session of hypnobirthing, um, I remember we were both a little bit unsure if it was for us because it did feel a little bit anti-medical for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had always been very like, oh, yeah, hospitals are fine and I'll probably get an epidural like that. You know, I just, I'd always just gone with the advice of doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were a little bit unsure after our first session. And then by our fifth and final evening, we were just, oh, we were so excited to give birth. And my partner came out, Simon, he's like, why don't we have a home birth? And <laughs> I never thought I'd hear those words come out of his mouth. So, <laughs> yeah, it was really amazing. It was, um, I think it just, it really helped us, one, with the actual, like, you know, relaxation techniques, but also just helping set expectations for birth and really um, empower us when talking with the medical professionals and knowing what our options are as well and when we can push back on things. And I think the biggest thing of all was really just helping um, educate Simon a lot on how he could support me during birth and, and after birth. So, yeah, for us it was totally invaluable and I'm so thankful we did that course. Yeah. They're amazing, aren't they? Oh, so good. So what model of care did you guys end up choosing? Yeah, so I guess before falling pregnant, I always thought I'd go private. I'm not sure why, looking back now, I just thought, oh, private's how I'd go. I really really wanted a continuity of care. I, I knew I wanted to see the same people throughout my pregnancy. Um, so I, I guess I sort of, yeah, lingered toward the private model. However, with it being a surprise pregnancy, I didn't have private cover for birth, um, and pregnancy. So I had a chat with my GP and she talked me through, um, the midwifery group practice program. And I thought, great, that sounds like exactly what I want. So she put in a referral for me to go through Tweed. So just over the border in New South Wales. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I went through the Tweed MGP um, or midwifery group practice. And, yeah, I had an amazing experience. Oh, I just, I loved it. And looking back now, I'm like, wow, I'm so thankful I didn't go private. And, yeah, yeah, it was just we had such a beautiful team of midwives with us. So, yeah, really thankful for that. Fast forward to the end of your pregnancy. Was there any signs that labour was impending? Yeah, so... I had finished um, the hypnobirthing course one week before going into labour. Oh, okay. Yes, it was a little bit late, <laughs> but it meant it was also quite fresh in my mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I, my sort of, or the beginning stages of labour started on a Thursday, um, a Thursday evening. I remember I was, oh, I would have been just gone 39 weeks. And it was the first time I ever felt a Braxton hick. I thought it was the baby moving, but I realised it was my stomach tightening. And I remember a lot of other like mums um, and pregnant friends around me telling me how they're always getting Braxton hicks or, you know, they were getting, you know, they'd had Braxton hicks a lot towards the end. And I remember thinking, ah, this is a Braxton hick. Like I've never had one before, but it probably means baby's still a couple weeks away then. Like that's so frustrating because I know you usually get it for quite a few weeks before you have the baby. Um, Anyway, I was excited by that. And that was just in the evening. And then at about 2am that night, I woke up with what felt like a contraction and I remember thinking, oh, this is early labour, like it's actually happening. 
And I must have fallen back asleep because the next morning I woke up and, you know, nothing had happened. Um, but I did go to the bathroom and I I'd had like my body show and I took a photo of it and I sent it to my midwife and she's like, okay, like let's come into hospital and we're just going to do a swab of it, make sure it's not your waters. Um, so I went into the hospital, they checked and it definitely wasn't my waters. So the midwife basically just said, oh, you know, I'll be surprised if you don't go into labor this weekend, um, but just stay relaxed. It's not your waters right now. So I went home. Um, I had a, I actually had a pregnancy massage booked with Megan Amore that day, which I was really excited about because I was just so sore, like my back was aching. I just wanted to relax. Um, and Simon had stayed off work that day just because of what had happened the, the evening before. And I went to my massage and we had a chat and I, I talked through, you know, what had been happening in the last 24 hours and we agreed that we'd do like a half relaxation and then a half initiation massage. So it was sort of a mix of like acupressure techniques to try and bring on labour but also um, a beautiful relaxing massage. And the whole time she just spoke these really beautiful birth affirmations throughout the whole massage and it just got me in the best headspace for birth I remember going home and just saying to Simon like wow I'm so ready like I loved that I feel like I'm in the best mental state to give birth um so that was really really nice and we just took that afternoon really easy and that night we were watching Netflix on the couch and I just all of a sudden felt very wet <laughs> and I was like have I peed myself I don't know you pee a lot in late stages of pregnancy yeah. but like you can usually feel the sensation of <laughs> yeah to go whereas I had felt nothing I just felt really wet and I I went to the bathroom and I was just trickling and I was like oh I don't know and I also didn't want to like you know say oh my waters are broken again to my midwife and then it not be my waters again mm. so I didn't really say anything that night um we just went to bed I I did put on a one of my diapers though <laughs> and all throughout the night when I was going to pee every time I get up out of bed I just felt like this gush out of me like this pulling gush and um yeah so the next morning I messaged my midwife saying look I know my waters didn't break yesterday but I'm pretty sure they broke last night I keep getting gushes of fluid down my legs um, <laughs> so I met her in the hospital that morning at about 7am um, again and yeah they did the swab and that swab came back positive um, so it was my waters but it was a it was what they call a hindwater leak yeah. so it's basically when yeah it's not like what you see in the movies where your waters just pop open and there's you know everyone's drowning in waters it was just this constant leak and pooling of water um so basically my options there were look you can go home and see if labor starts naturally over the next 24 to 48 hours otherwise we can induce you today right now um but they don't like to let you go more than 48 hours if your water's released so it was basically if if i don't go into spontaneous labor then i'll be induced no later than monday morning so that was a saturday morning okay um the other thing that the midwife also said at that point was because it wasn't um, a typical like waters breaking situation, it meant that the pressure of Bub hadn't probably pushed Bub down enough for the contractions to start. Mm -hmm. So she did explain that to me that the contractions might not start on their own. Um, 
Anyway, so we requested to go home and just try and let things come naturally. So we went home. I cleaned the house that whole day. I was doing everything I could to bring on labor. I I must say going into birth, I didn't have a lot of fear, but I was always nervous about being induced just from some of the stories that I'd heard and everything. So I was really trying to prevent having an induction. Yeah. Um, so I was expressing the colostrum and, um, yeah, I, oh gosh, I did so much that day. I put up all of our garage shelves. I beat my fiance <laughs> Simon at putting up all our garage shelves. We did a little competition. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, unfortunately though, by like 5 PM, there was still nothing and I was getting so disheartened. I was like, it's not going to happen. Like, um, and I told my mum, and my mum, she still lives in Canberra, so she had booked her flights to come up on the Sunday um, just to be there for the Monday if I was going to be induced. And, yeah, I was feeling a little bit flat. I'd also, I'd, I had messaged a couple of people saying, like, my waters had broken and, you know, I was really excited when I found that out. But then all day I was getting messages from people saying, signs, updates, and I just, it was really making me quite anxious and I decided to just, you know what, I'm going to get off my phone completely. We're going to go for a nice beach walk. We're going to take some last, like, pregnancy photos if I do get induced on Monday. Um, And we'll just, yeah, we'll take it really easy tonight and enjoy this last moments um, between us. So, yeah, we went for a beach walk and I just started feeling so crampy, like really, really crampy, like really strong period cramps. And then... um, after the beach walk, I was like, I feel like something's happening. Like the, these cramps are strong. They still didn't feel like contractions yet, though. It just still felt really achy. Um, so we were like, oh, let's hike this hill. And <laughs> we decided to hike to the top of um, Kira Hill, which is just this beautiful lookout. And we got to the top. And honestly, at the top, I kid you not, I got the first contraction. I remember just saying, Simon, I got a contraction. Like, it's happening. <laughs> So, yeah, we we went back down the hill (laughs) getting the contractions and I got home and, um, yeah, tried to have some dinner but I couldn't really eat anything. I was really excited. I was was pretty in denial that I was actually in labour though. I was scared that the contractions would start and it would go away again, similar to what had happened on the Thursday morning. So I was just at that point, I was like, I want to do everything I can to like progress this and keep it going and keep up momentum. And I'd always said when I go into labor, like I need something that's really going to pump me up and like get me excited, give me energy. And so um, we put on Beyonce's Coachella performance on Netflix. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it was so good. We honestly just danced hours in the lounge room and like every time I'd have a contraction I'd just bounce on the bounce ball and then I'd be back into dancing with Simon and funny. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it was lots of fun um, and I also had a L10s machine on which oh that was so amazing that was the best thing ever um, and by about 11 p.m the contractions were really getting quite intense. It was um the advice that I was given in regards to my contractions was they can be quite irregular when your waters break before you get the contractions. So it was more just when you can't breathe through it anymore or talk through it, that's when you should go to hospital. But as part of my birth preferences, I really did want to labour as long as I could at home before going to the hospital. And the hospital was honestly just down the bottom of our street. So 
I wasn't too concerned about that. Um, I messaged my midwife to tell her I was getting contractions and I said to Simon, oh, like, I think tomorrow's going to be a really big day. Like, I think tomorrow's the day. Let's get some good rest tonight and, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens in the morning. And we've made a little checklist of all the final things that Simon had to go and get around the house um, just in case anything did happen overnight. <laughs> and, yeah, I made Simon sleep on the couch and I went into the room and I basically just made the room like my own little oasis. I don't know. I put on these beautiful birth affirmations. Um, yeah, Megan has a an episode on her on her podcast playlist of birth affirmations that she talks through and I like I found that so helpful in my massage. So I just put that on and I put on some candles and I just relaxed and yeah, by that point I was really breathing through them. But it was so late and I was so tired from putting up garage shelves and hiking a hill and dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I was really falling asleep through like in the middle of each con- like oh so in the middle of every contraction happening, I was falling asleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and at about two AM I woke up and I like yeah, it was really quite intense at that point. I thought, I'm gonna get in the shower and I got in the shower and I was really struggling to stay upright. So I went and sat in the toilet and I just remember feeling like, oh, I just need to stay here. Like this feels really good. I need to stay right here. But I knew that that was also a sign that Bob was very close. And I also at that point um, I got these overwhelming body shakes. Like the shakes just took over my body. I could not control them. And I went out into the lounge and I woke Simon up and I said, like, time I couldn't really talk much more at that point I just said it's time call the midwife and so he called our beautiful midwife Jess and said oh like I think it's time we come in and she said great like no worries first time mum like make sure when you get to the hospital you encourage her to work walk up to the birth suites um it's quite a walk and you know she'll be needing to stay quite active in the birth suite so I had listened to all that and thought, yeah, like still got a marathon to go. Like let's get to the hospital. And we drove down to the hospital again, five minutes away. Every time I got a contraction, I made Simon stop the car in the middle of the road. <laughs> He's like, I can't, I have to drive. I was like, stop the car. <laughs> I just couldn't handle any movement at that point. Yeah. And um, anyway, we got into emergency and they're like, oh, do you need a wheelchair? Because I was just getting contractions so fast at that point the time between them was really not much at all and I said no I like I need to walk a midwife told me I have to walk and walking um and we got maybe like oh two meters down the corridor and <laughs> the nurse went and found a wheelchair she was like get in you are not walking <laughs> so I got wheeled up to the birth suite and um we got there before our midwife arrived and I remember there was a different midwife who came in to set up the birth suite as we arrived and she just turned on all the lights and it went really bright and I just remember thinking like god this is intense um but I couldn't really talk at that point and I still was not sure if it was actually like happening I was still like oh we might be another 12 hours like could be a really long time still and so Simon hadn't brought up the hospital bag and how were you managing your pain at this stage did you ever experience like a crisis of confidence moment where you sort of thought oh I don't know if I can do this yeah definitely I mean it was really intense Mm -hmm. um I I do remember thinking yeah I 
I couldn't do this. And especially if it was going to be another 12 hours, I just thought there's no way I can do this. Um, when our midwife arrived, our actual midwife, um, she just came in, she turned off all the lights. She's like, yeah, she's like, and at that point when she walked in, I just had this crazy contraction just brought me to the floor I could not move after that and I'd always sort of envisioned oh I might get in the bath and relax there but I just I could not move once I was down I was down and she she said oh do you like are you happy there are you comfortable there I was like yep I'm not moving um so she brought the mattress down to the floor for me and I was able to get on the mattress down there and she made it really nice like just the environment really relaxing and um I I couldn't talk much at that point, but Simon was like, oh, like, should I go get the hospital bag? And Jess was like, yes, like, go get it now. <laughs> and I remember hearing that and thinking like, okay, like it's actually happening and it's close. And hearing that note, like gave me the reassurance, like, okay, like you're close. It's going to happen soon. You can do this. Um, I did. There was a point where, yeah, shortly after I said, like, I need something and I wanted after doing the hypnobirthing and everything, I did want to try and do it without the epidural. I was open to the epidural, though. It was more just like, I'll see how it goes. Um, I said to Jess, I want something. Um, and she said, oh, I can give you the gas. And so I took the gas for about 10 minutes. Um, but it started making me feel really drunk. Yes, <laughs> and I'm, does. yeah, it was really, I just went really lightheaded. And so we took the gas off. Um, which was fine. But one thing that I did find that the gas really helped with was because you put the mouthpiece in your mouth, when the contraction came, being able to bite down onto the mouthpiece was really like, mm. yeah, I found that really helpful. Um, anyway, so thankfully Simon got back into the birth suite and I just, I just felt this overwhelming sensation to push and I was still fully closed at that point and I just – you know, you can't really talk at those stages, but I just screamed, I have to push, like, <laughs> I have to. Had you had any checks at this point? No, I'd had no checks. Um, so she'd used the Doppler and that was about it. It was quite fast from the time of arriving to needing to push. Um, but my midwife said afterwards that once she saw my toes curling with the contractions, she knew that we were quite far and, um, she didn't feel any need to check at that point because his heart rate was all still fine and, yeah, nothing. I was quite, um, I must admit, I was quite nervous when I felt the sensation to push just because in my mind I was like, oh, my gosh, like we're not ready yet. Like <laughs> I shouldn't be pushing just now. Like this is supposed to be in another few hours. And I remember thinking that's why I kind of screamed, I have to push. Like is something wrong? I've got to push right now. And just yeah they just came and they helped me take my clothes off and it was just Jess and Simon there and um yeah she helped me get into a good position for Bob and she's like it's fine like just breathe and when the contraction comes you know you can allow your body to push with it and that was so yeah so good to have her words there and that you know every contraction bringing you closer to your baby and oh, I just had that going through my mind through every contraction you know just taking one contraction at a time as well that really helped me get through um one thing that we had also talked about which was one of the best things I think we did is we never got a birth photographer or videographer um but we did buy a little cheap iPhone tripod from Kmart and <laughs> that was Simon's first instruction when we got into the birth seat was make sure you set up the camera so we can look back on it later and 
yeah, so he was busy setting up my <laughs> tripod in the corner. Um, and yeah, I, I was pushing and I had about, I think it was 28 minutes of pushing. And yeah, his head came out. And I remember the midwife telling me when his head came out, like, no more pushing, no more pushing. And you can see in the video, I'm like, I'm not pushing, I'm not pushing. And his head just pops out. And it's just so, yeah, it's so amazing how much your body really does just take over. And yeah, so his head popped out. And um, I then had, I was lent over the birth ball on the floor. So that was sort of the position, the birth position we were in. Um, and I had three minutes between the contraction of his head popping out and the contraction to push the rest of his body, which honestly felt like an absolute, yeah, it felt like forever. Um, and I remember, yeah, when they talk about the ring of fire, like this is it. Like I, I was, yeah, but I just, my midwife's words and saying, you know, like the next push, you're going to meet your baba. Like, this is so exciting. And that just really kept me so calm and going and I I was so excited to just hold him um but I remember Simon like he kept sort of rubbing my belly and rubbing my back and at one point I just had to say don't touch me (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want any touching like (laughs) and I never thought I'd be like that but I yeah I just couldn't handle it but then yeah I felt the contraction build up and um yeah his body came out and Simon got to catch him so that was just amazing and except he forgot that he was still attached to the umbilical cord <laughs> tried to pass him over to me and my midwife was like he's still on the umbilical cord <laughs> was it a short cord no it was pretty long it was just a funny moment yeah <laughs> it was funny so um yeah I I got myself off the birth ball it felt quite hard to move afterwards like I was just so tired and like really just coming down from that um and catching my breath again and yeah Simon passed him through to me and uh just holding him and hearing that first cry was just oh it was just euphoric I just Mm. yeah there's just no words that can describe that moment and and that feeling but we just were all laughing and and crying and it was yeah just incredible I loved it yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> Any tearing? Yeah, I did. Mm. I had second degree tears. Okay. Um, so I tore in both directions, up right and down, which, yeah, was quite painful. And um, looking back, my midwife said that I tore when his head came out. She saw um, that happen. And, yeah, I definitely feel that when I was waiting for that contraction. So, yeah, that was – it was quite intense and um, – yeah, it made the recovery, I think, a little bit more painful. But overall, it wasn't too bad. And, yeah, I just kept up with the painkillers and everything. So that was fine. I think one thing that probably I was a bit naive about and just didn't realise going into birth even was just all of the afterbirth stuff as well that mm-hmm. is associated with it. So, like, um, the placenta delivery is obviously one part. I was getting um, a bit of blood loss at that time when I was lent over the birth ball. So they delivered the placenta with the syntocin. And, yeah, I had a few blood clots as well. So they had to get them out. And that was extremely uncomfortable. I Just something I never knew anything about. Yeah. So um, how do they get the blood clots out? So... I laid on the bed. This was just after the placenta delivery. So after I gave birth, they got me onto the bed and I delivered the placenta. 
And then afterwards, um, to get the blood clots out, they pushed on my stomach, basically starting from the top and they keep pushing down. Yeah, that was quite intense. And I actually took the gas again for that because after the birth and everything, I was pretty exhausted and Mm. just that pain was really, yeah, quite intense. Um, So they got the blood clots out. And then when I went to have my shower, um, I was still getting quite a lot of blood loss. And um, so I had to sit over the toilet and the midwife then came again and had to press really hard again and yeah quite a big blood clot came out so Mm. thankfully after they were all gone that was it I didn't have any more after that um but yeah that was quite an uncomfortable time which I just was totally unaware was even a thing (laughs) or could be a thing um we did have a student midwife for the birth as well but unfortunately um just because of how fast it sort of happened she did miss the birth but she arrived just after as well so um the care afterwards was my midwife and my student midwife so yeah they were doing all the checks on Bob and he latched straight away which was really amazing um and we did the delayed cord clamping and yeah we had an amazing first few hours in the hospital there and I, I remember laying there just hearing all the other mums in the rooms next door in the birth suites, you know, giving birth and just thinking like I could hear by the point they were out, like, you can do this, you're so close. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that was really nice. And um, Simon went home. We'd remembered everything in the hospital bag except clothes for me after birth, of (laughs) course. So he had to go home and feed our dog and get me some more clothes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember laying there with Lucas next to me and the midwives had left the room and Simon had gone back home just to grab some things and just going, oh, my gosh, like, they're like, get some rest now. I'm like, are you kidding? (laughs) How do you rest after that? Look at him. Like, it was just so, yeah, you're just totally on adrenaline feeling. Oh, it was just amazing. But it made resting in the days after birth so hard because I was still just, yeah, on this crazy rush like wow (laughs) that really happened and we did that and yeah so we um yeah he was born at 4 27 in the morning and yeah I remember we just laid in the hospital room and I could see the sunrise coming up over the Tweed River which was just beautiful and yeah it was incredible and we um by 11:30 a.m., they'd finished all their checks on him and he was yeah he was a perfect little bub and um, yeah, we were doing well, so we were given the option of did we want to move next door into the maternity unit or we could go home and, yeah, we'd be under the care of the midwives and they'd be on call and would come and visit us for the next two weeks. So, yeah, we decided to go home. So, yeah, we were home at 11 or just before 12 that day. And my mom flew in at lunchtime as well because she had planned to be there for the induction. So, <laughs> Yeah, my mum and my dad got to come and meet him that afternoon, which was just so special. And, yeah, it was just oh, it was so nice getting home, though, and just into our own bed. And, you know, we really had no idea what we were doing, but we were like, we'll wing it, we'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> and we totally did. I think everyone does. But Absolutely. Yeah, that was it was just amazing. And the, um, the next two weeks were quite challenging for me. I, I had a lot of issues breastfeeding he latched really well but I got severely damaged nipples and so I had um, quite a lot of support from the midwives and then um, additional support from lactation consultants coming around to help me and 
yeah, that was quite a challenging journey in itself. Yeah. I'd given myself a goal of I'm going to get to six weeks and just, you know, if I'm still in pain at six weeks and I'm going to stop. But I really, I really wanted to one because it just seemed a lot easier. Um, but yeah, it was just something I really wanted to do. And I, yeah, I experienced quite severe nipple damage and, so my midwives had advised me, oh, like, let's try nipple shields. And I tried the nipple shields and they were just, yeah, they didn't really do a whole lot. And so we did um, 24 to 48 hours of just expressing and bottle feeding. Um, unfortunately, though, after 24 hours, I started getting mastitis in one of my breasts. And so then the advice was, no, we've got to put him on as much as possible. We need to get this, um, yeah, this block duct unblocked and... So yeah, it was it was really hard. Uh, the first few weeks were really challenging, and I experienced quite a bit of like anxiety just around leaving the house because to actually feed him, I was really like propped up by every cushion, and yeah. I had no idea how to use my boobs, and I was leaking from everywhere, and yeah, just all of those kind of emotions and feelings. But um, yeah, thankfully we just persevered through, and oh, I actually got. Um, somebody had recommended to me the silverettes, the nipple shield silverettes. Oh, okay. And I'd never really heard of them before. And they're quite, I mean, they're quite expensive what they are. They're $100 for like these two nipple shields. And I was like, oh, gosh, I've gone and bought every product that promises to help me and nothing's really done much so far. So I was really sceptical, but somebody had recommended them. And so, yeah, at about four and a half weeks, I just ordered them and they arrived and they're like these silver nipple cups and you can wear them, um, you wear them over your nipples between feeds. So um, it's not for wearing while you actually feed. It's just after you finish a feed, you apply some breast milk in the cup and then you put them on top of your nipples and then it allows you to then put clothing and stuff on as well. So yeah, okay. yeah it doesn't rub um, your nipples, but the silver has a lot of healing properties which allow your nipples to heal. And I was really sceptical, um, but I ordered them because I was sort of just at my last resort at that point. And, yeah, they arrived. And honestly, I kid you not, within 24 to 48 hours, my cracked nipples were nearly totally healed. I was blown away because it had been four and a half weeks of just absolute agony and yeah, they healed and at five weeks on the day, I had my first breastfeed totally pain-free and I just remember I was crying, like just tears of joy, just going, this is what it's supposed to feel like and yeah. I can see why people enjoy this now because before that I just, I couldn't understand how all these mums were doing it and not experiencing pain or able to just breastfeed in public without anything, whereas yeah. that moment was just such a, yeah, it was an amazing feeling to get to that. So, yeah. yeah. Well done, Mama. Do you guys plan to go back for another baby? And if so, is there anything that you would do differently second time around? Oh, yeah, we definitely would love to go back. Um, we really want a few, so hopefully we can. Um I think, oh gosh, that's a big question. I think we're so grateful that we were in, in the MGP program and definitely next time I'd love to go through that or even consider a home birth. Um, yeah, but, okay. yeah, I think if we were to deliver at a hospital, as much as, 
labouring as long as possible at home was part of our birth preferences, I think it probably would have been beneficial to actually get there just a little bit earlier, just Mm -hmm. to allow us to run a bath or, yeah, just set up a little bit more. It was really fast once we got in there and, like, to not have had a chance to take off my clothes or, you know, those kind of things. It would have been nice to just actually set up the room a little bit more. Mm. Um, But, yeah, aside from that, we're just, we're really happy with going through um, MGP and, um, yeah, and doing hypnobirthing techniques helped so much. And I think now we know what to expect next time as well. It's a lot less daunting, whereas the first time it's so unknown. You're just going into this experience, you know, not knowing (laughs) what it will feel like or, you know, what signs to look out for, any of those kind of things. So to actually have that knowledge behind us, I think, helps a lot but I think um next time what I would do is definitely engage a lactation consultant before birth I think that was one thing I really wish I had have done in hindsight um so yeah next time I'd love to look more into the post-birth care and and around lactation prior to actual birth yeah they're so invaluable aren't they oh they are so what advice would you give to any expectant mothers out there my biggest piece of advice for birth itself <laughs> would be one, get a tripod and film it if you can because you are honestly just so in the moment. I could not remember for the life of me what happened if we hadn't have actually filmed the birth. So I was so thankful to have that footage and it's pretty dodgy, you know, it's, it's late at night and everything, but I'm just so, it's one of my cherished videos of all time and always will be yeah um so it's one thing i would recommend to everybody if it is just a cheap little um phone camera it doesn't matter um secondly just make sure you've got really good support um following the birth as well um whether that means setting up a bit of like a meal train with your friends and just setting up the expectation of visitors as well those first few days is just so precious in that newborn bubble but yeah i think to just limiting those visitors and um really enjoying that time between you guys is so so important so precious and with the actual um, yeah, birth, honestly, every contraction, just just take one contraction at a time. Mm. <laughs> I know it's, it sounds really silly, but at the moment it's, it really is just a matter of getting through that one and then moving on to the next. Yeah. So, yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much, Lara, for coming on today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I've loved the chat. <laughs> That brings us to the end of today's show. The takeaways for me this episode would have to be throwing on Beyonce and doing a beach hike up a hill, obviously. But also, I think hypnobirthing courses, once again, proving their major value in birth preparation and education. Another tip to take away from this story is how jarring having all of the lights in her room was and how much better she felt when her midwife turned everything off and helped her get more comfortable to labor. We have learned throughout all these seasons how impactful your environment is. So if you are choosing to birth in a hospital setting, it would be extremely beneficial for you to have your birth support person be ready to make that room as dark and cozy as possible so that all you have to do is stay within i hope you guys enjoyed today's show let me know what you think over on the pba instagram and i'll see you all next week for another episode of positive birth australia